space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the starship Enterprise. It's five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life, a new civilization, to boldly go where no man has gone before. Greetings, salutations, and welcome to Retrek. I'm Captain Jim, and with me, of course, are Admiral Elliot. Hi there. And Dr. Squee. Dragon! And we're here to talk about the middle chapter, or the middle chapters of the retaking the station storyline. And Well, we're, we're, we're here for the... the the Hold pointless on. I, Klingon episode, and then into what you said. Have, have I watched the wrong thing this last week? I've been re-watching uh, Sons and Daughters, do you so? No, no, oh. don't worry. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, I was going to make that joke. <laughs> there we go. We all thought of the same joke. <laughs> if I'm honest, I would have probably rather watched them start to finish the Aussie soap opera Sons, Sons and Daughters. And daughters and tears and laughter, laughter and happiness. And sadness and happiness. We happiness. will find out that yeah. our, sons, our and daughters sons and daughters Okay, are here's your trivia question. What's about? about? Did you start for ten? What soul did Sons and Daughters take over from? Oh, it took over from another soul. Prison Cell Block H? No. Mothers and Fathers? No. The Sullivans. The Sullivans. When the Sullivans came to an end, they started Sons and Daughters. Oh, I don't think I ever saw the Sullivans. I do remember Prison Cell Block H, and I believe uh, Ian... It's Ian Smith who played Harold from Neighbours. Oh. was a prison guard in Prison Cell Block H, and I believe he was in Sons and Daughters as well. Prison Cell Block H was on TV on the night that they, they had to interrupt it for the news of the first Gulf War. Oh, there we they go. Passed, they, they interrupted sons, uh, Prison Cell Block H. I bet there were complaints we were about it. that. <laughs> what about the Gulf War? Well, there were a few, actually, because the weapons of mass destruction... No, no, sorry, that's not what you meant. That was the second Gulf War. Oh, yeah, um, the second one was just straight up for oil. You're yeah. right. Anyway, yeah, they did so... It as our introduction may have ticked you off, we are talking about the episode <laughs> Sons and Daughters. And we're very excited about it. Oh, by the way, just quickly before we start on that, I, I, as I messaged you guys in the group, it just made me think, wait a minute. In Star Trek Picard, we had a full series for the third series of all the Next Generation cast, well, for mm. most of it anyway. Uh, we got to explore all their families, what they're up to now. It was kind of setting up for legacy, so you had all these legacy characters. Mm-hmm. Wolf- does not mention Alexander once. No. Not once. Like, you've got so much backstory. Like, no matter what time zone he's in, great parent, great dad. Like, he doesn't <laughs> even mention his son. I, I think he's killed him. Yeah, I, I think, mean... I think he got uh, killed in Dominion War. Yeah, and nobody... And War just went, thank fuck. Yeah, nobody knows. Nobody cares. He never cares. actually gets killed, though. He just disappears and then suddenly reappears for no good... <laughs> like, in this episode, they don't justify... <laughs> really where he's been they don't justify why he's come back why he's a warrior now they don't um explore really why wolf wolf had already come to peace with the fact that he wasn't a warrior and, and made friends with yeah. him now he suddenly didn't like him for it but now he's a warrior again anyway but now alex doesn't want to talk to him for reasons yeah it, well yeah. i think that seemed like t- teenage angst where why he didn't want to speak to him because it's like you'd sent me away to my grandparents and which is probably it's probably for the best and all that, because Ralph was a shit dad. Yeah. But yeah. Alexander, as his sort of uh, 
aged at twice normal rate. Again. It's probably, yeah, it's probably like, because I'm trying to work out, I think yeah. it's been, I think it's about five years since we've seen it. Well, it says it's five years. Five years. Uh, well, so it was born. And he, and he said, and he was born. It was born season three of TNG, roughly. Yeah. So and when four, we lost him, five, six, six, about 10. seven. So that make that makes him seven, maybe eight. Yeah. <laughs> In this he's, he's seven or eight. Yeah. <laughs> and, and when we last saw him, he was already clearly about eight or ten. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And we, but yeah. we know that Alexander grows at a preternatural rate. Um, well, I think he exists. Preternatural, I, very fast. I, I actually think half the time he actually exists outside the normal uh, sphere of time. Well, the thing is, he actually, like, I, we may have used this joke last week, but sod it. Uh, I think it, what happened was he fell through a time hole like Molly, but Wolf just didn't bother rescuing him. He was like, ah, I'll catch up with us eventually. Yeah, yeah. And now he's aged 10 years through that time hole. And uh, that's why he's annoyed at Wolf. Actually, that would make a lot more sense than anything we got in this episode. Yeah, it, yeah, it would. It would. There's a lot of things that are sort of teased at the start of the episode, and there's just no answer to them. No, I mean, I don't know what cares. mission really the Rotundan was on at all. Like, why oh, the state commanded? I know what mission the Rotundan was on. They were escorting some cargo. An escort. Yeah, they were on the cargo escort uh, mission. Yeah. Fascinating. Now, you see, that's why I tune into Star Trek for cargo mission transport support. Yeah, that's what I was for. Yeah, but it's why the general was a bit pissed off because they weren't in a high stakes mission or anything. Yeah, he's Mr. Moonswings this episode. One minute he's going, it's like, oh, I want to kill myself. This is so bad. Victory is so awful. <laughs> Next scene, it's like, yay, we got a mission. It's like, really? Like, you couldn't wait three seconds to find out what your <clears throat> mission was. Yeah, I mean, I think this is <clears throat> an, an odd choice at this point in the season like we, we've had two belting episodes we're gonna yep. spoilers for next week we're gonna have two absolutely cracking episodes and they just decided to plonk this weird klingon rubbish well, in the middle of it this is like this is part of what you get because this is both these episodes uh existing scenery Mm -hmm. You've got a few get you've got a few guest actors brought in. But there's you hear about missions that are going on and battles yeah. that are going on, but you don't actually see anything. There's it's it's a apart from in the next episode, <coughs> the effect for the two for the changelings, it's a very uh, low on effects episode. Yeah, definitely. And it's yeah. a but it's what they had to do back in the day, the same you had to do these episodes where it's dialogue and set pieces, no effects, to be able to save the money for the big episodes you wanted to do. Because if you want to do big... You've got a million pounds, let's say, per episode. It was probably less than that back then. No, it was about but, a million, I think. For... Okay, so it's about it's about a million pounds, but you've got a major episode with effects and space battles, and that's going to cost three, four million. And there's no extra budget coming into your series, mm. so you've got to do some episodes on a shoestring. Yeah, but it doesn't explain why they didn't write a plot. That's that's yeah, that's idea. it. Like, yeah, you've you got... do like corridor episodes. You, I get like yeah, or a capture. You've got you've got a really good point there because you have things like um, 
there's been some great episodes like duets, of all the duets are great the way are great examples of how you do a low-budget episode that's absolutely brilliant. Yeah, I mean, think about all the psychological torture which is happening during war. You could have had a, a Jemadar, which they've captured, that uh, do they use rendition and extreme torture methods because they need an answer in time, or do they stick by their Starfleet principles? You could play that in so many d- cool ways. <laughs> Today is a good day to cut the budget. Yeah. <laughs> nice one, Rob. It is. Rob Rob. It certainly was. Um, yeah, so, I mean... <laughs> We'll go through it. We'll go through it. We'll pick out the highlights. Um, okay, we're done then. Brilliant. So <laughs> no, I don't mind. I don't mind the B plot um, with Zial because it's sons and daughters. The son side of it, not so good. The daughter side, at least, there's something there. Like I will to, be fa- to be fair, like I do remember sons and daughters. The Aussie saw. Yeah. And this is very much following in its namesake's tradition because Sons and Daughters wasn't very good. That's true. <laughs> it, should have, give it, it should have finished on a freeze frame and then the like a sepia tint comes over the screen. It, no, it, it, I, yeah. I really think she might have forgotten that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, with actually, like, honestly, I'm going to rag on this episode quite happily, but... The ZL Which is we get here, we don't do often on DS9. It's true. No, not very often. We don't get the chance because they usually have a high standard, like all fair play. But yeah. the ZL, which, by the way, the finest of all the ZLs, the best of, of the bunch, like, uh, and I believe our final ZL. Um, yes. Yeah. Same one as we got last episode yeah. and everything. It was great. Yeah. But, um, I've got to give her a lot of credit, actually. She has given quite a lot to put in here, especially since she wasn't necessarily here for the establishing of a lot of the backstory mm-hmm. uh it's basically someone like there's a couple of scenes where she really broke my heart with the delivery of like but he's all i've got like you know yes my dad might just be space hitler but he is my, my dad, dad and i don't get a choice and and like the good people have shunned me because i'm his daughter yeah. so the only person i can turn to is this monster and i know he's a monster but still he's my dad and he did save my life from a labor camp and like he's going to pretend he's giving me a nice trip you know it's like he she's got she plays it really well she does. because like she even she knows as a character there's no justification yeah, yeah what she he does she's justifying her choices to herself yeah and to kira and and it makes sense like i i i totally get where she's coming from yeah yeah he's evil yes he needs to die but that's he's not my dad fault. Like I love the the first time she talks to Kira about it, and she's like, Kira says, "Oh well, you know, last time you saw me, abandoned you to an enemy army, blah blah," and she sort of goes, "Oh well, we've talked about it," and he says he's sorry. And, <laughs> like, he, explained oh, right. it, and, he, and he explained it was my fault. <laughs> well, this is the thing. I, mean, yeah. I honestly, like, not to bring it down too much, but I know people who've been in abusive relationships and and think you know, which this clearly well, is. This is an abusive relationship. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I've seen physical and mental, and the mental is a lot worse a lot of the time because that's what gets well, people. Well, this is a physical abuse. So obviously, she is emotionally abused to the point. Well, I'm th- physically, she was left to die. It's kind of it's not direct physical abuse, but it kind of is up there. But um, yeah, I mean. She is making excuses for him, which she's yeah. obviously heard from him so many times. I think this is really well. Like, considering how core shit the A-plot is, this is such a good B-plot. Yeah. Like, I almost forgot because the A-plot was so bad, but you're right. Yeah. The B-plot is actually really good. I wish it was the A-plot, quite frankly. Yeah. They could have done so much with this. It should have been called Daughters and Sons, and then we wouldn't have thought about Sons and Daughters, Daughters all week. 
and yeah so the yeah, a plot and we wrote him out <laughs> yeah the a plot then alexander turns up yay Martok sort of does talk to Worf a bit about being a shit dad. He's like, you know, oh, your son's well, like, so that, crap and everything. Before we get to that, when they're going into the credits, they've got, like, it really annoyed me because they've got the bit, he goes like, and who are you? Alexander Rachenko, which for all the rest of us is the mic drop go to the credit moments. We yeah, clearly yeah. know who it is. We didn't know the actor the first time we saw it. But once yeah. we know that, go to credits. But then then they have to cut to, like, Worf going, it's like, yes, I do know him. He's my son, which if anyone's watched any Star Trek, which usually if you're watching this at this stage, you would have done. You know that you knew that from Alexander Rachenko. It's like I get they've got to do it for new watchers. But yeah. it just, I think it's big. I think they've got to do it because. Yes, clear. We. We're massive fans. We know this, but you did. still you do still get casual viewers of these shows. Yeah. So you have to. You have to put that okay. in. Yes, it's my my son. And um, if you like this, that's why DS9 moved off the formula with the long story arcs. Star Trek was always show of the week, and it was kept like that. And characters didn't develop in quite the same mm. way in shows, so that the casual viewer could just, oh, I haven't watched it for a few weeks, but I'll turn it on and oh, this is a good no, no, I understand episode that, but, uh, story. You could have written it better, so it's like it was in one. Yes, it thing. So it's been. like uh, Alexander Rodchenko. It's like uh, uh, Marta goes like, uh, you look like you know him. Yes, he's my son. Just bring the lines closer together, because otherwise you've got the mic drop moment for people who know what's going on, and then you've got it a couple minutes later for, for other people when you go to the credits, which isn't a credit moment for us. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, I get it. I mean, it's not. You've got a new it's not great. Like, it pissed I, off my OCD. I did, like I in a shit episode, it annoyed me that that, yeah. Yeah, it, like, it's like you said, the A plot is badly written. And this is obviously <laughs> a thing of uh, the writer's room that you've got. Right, we need a budget-saving episode. Right, you have the room we're working on this Alexander story on the ship. You have the room we're working on <laughs> this story. There's got to be no. None of these characters are going to meet through the episode, so you can do what you want. Yeah, it's that's all got the dialogue driving the story forward, and you can see that there's like one actor's gone. Oh, this is. Oh, what can we do with CL coming back in and all that, and a dad there. Oh, oh, let's put some emotional abuse in and all that, and then you you could have a really good parallel story with Alexander mm. and how he's being estranged from his father. And built on it really well, mm-hmm. but it just doesn't work what yeah. they try to do. Or if you're going to make him a warrior, like I said last week, you could have made him an artist. You could have made <laughs> anything based on where we left him. There's no reason not to do that. That could have been yeah. really interesting. Could have actually challenged Wolf a little bit because how does he relate to an artistic son as opposed to a warrior son? But um, they bring him back and they make him a really shit warrior. Like, yeah. what, who is that kind of thing? Anyone? Yeah. How was that good? Yeah, and you get all this stuff, like all the other Klingons are laughing at him and everything, and Worf's like, I expect twice as much from you because you are my son and I'm a twat. Yeah, and, and it's like when they brought um, brought in him before, like, you know, they uh, when they um, brought in the fact that uh, Worf's so uptight and they brought in the whole backstory of uh, him injuring someone with a football. 
soccer ball, sorry. Uh, and like they, they really justify well, they could have done something so much more interesting here. Like, you know, why is Warfare shit dead? Why does he run away mm. from it? Maybe because he was abandoned by his own birth parents through death, but that's not their fault. But he's worried about them leaving. You could have done such a good episode, which even made the earlier episodes better. Yeah, but instead, you just wrote something... the same shit, which was written for him in next generation. Yeah, yeah even something really basic, like um, looking at Alexander reminds him of Kalar and the pains too much, or. You know, I, yeah, they could have done so much better. And what what they do with this episode really is we reintroduce Alexander, we do next to nothing with him, and then... We, do no, we don't really do any character development apart from we make him look like the shittiest Klingon ever. Yeah, and then... <laughs> and it doesn't feed into any great change in Worf, and then we bring him back once for a bit of comic relief in the wedding, and then he's gone again. So it, what was the point? And yeah. The other thing is that the ZLB plot, apart from just being better in its own merits, it actually feeds in to the ongoing arc, whereas this Alexander yeah. thing doesn't... It, you could cut this out and it would have zero effect the, on the yeah, arc. There's no, there's no progression of the overall story. No, nothing whatsoever. And I get, I get the feeling we're going to jump about a bit. So it's like at the end of the episode, there is no reason why they come to any... Um, any piece like you know suddenly he's throwing him in as part of house martok but they really haven't done anything to justify that change in tone between them no no not at all and Worf makes this big speech like you teach me how to be a better father it's like well his son shouldn't have to teach you that Worf. you and, and, let, and let's be fair <clears throat> uh troy did this in season five and six of uh tng yeah she taught you how to be a better father yeah if it's... you like we do know that you took notice of Troy because she still have feelings for it because we've just seen that in Picard. Yeah, yeah true. <laughs> but... And also, it's like the whole thing of, like, they've just... Again, I, I it really boggles my mind. There's this one thing to write a crappy episode, which they've quite successfully done with this storyline, but it's the fact that they just copy story beats from the past yeah. of, of Worf and uh, Alexander's relationship. Like, we, there is no reason why he sent them away again. Again, we had some sort of resolution on them. him coming to terms with the fact that his son's not a warrior, and that's okay. He can be whatever yeah. he wants. So why would he send him away suddenly? But that's why he sent him away originally, it seems, because he didn't know how yeah. to be a dad. Yeah, but they just go, oh, I'll just copy it, and paste that. He didn't want to be a warrior, and doing more good how he wanted to be, growing up with his grandparents and with Worf, because Worf would only want to train him to be a warrior. Mm. I mean, I would love him to come back. Like, as I say, if you went down the route of him being something else, like, again, just to put out the air an artist, you have him come back on, and maybe, like, it's not the fact that he sent him away, because that's what Alex wanted. Alex wanted to go away, be an artist, that's fine. Like, Where he comes from Deep Space Nine, maybe Worf struggles to relate to a son who's not a warrior like, again, and like, maybe he kind of, like, is embarrassed, <coughs> then he's got to get over himself, you know? Mm. Like, you, you have it, like, you could have done this really well, that, like, he have Alexander joins the Klingon Defence Force himself because he wants to, for reasons that aren't made clear, wants to suddenly be a warrior. What How you could have had it is that the Klingons, because the world's going badly, are calling up every one of a certain Ooh, yeah, age to be a warrior. And, and he gets Ooh. called up. He, he doesn't want to be a warrior. He's an artist and he's, fight, and he's resenting having... Yeah, that would be good. And he's not good at 
How's this? He gets called up and he's a chef. So like Worf's embarrassed because he's not a warrior, but then everyone loves him because he's a great chef. And it shows you and the got, and, way to be warrior. And Matt gets his dressed scalp. Yeah, there you go. Perfect. <laughs> and then Cisco's got something to talk to him about because because the chef thing. We've done it. Yeah. I mean, it's what, but 20 odd years be... later, but we fixed it. Oh, I could have done it when I was 10 in five minutes. True. I, swear. Yeah. Like, I was, I was over 10 when this came out, but you know what? It I mean. would have been a lot better if he had a proper reason why he, he had to join as a, a warrior. Yeah, they've had just to bring... Because just reasons I want to be a warrior. Yeah, they've had to bring Kl- Klingon civilians in. That's a, That yeah. would have been a really interesting story awesome to tell. As well. And, you know, what are the morals of that? Yeah, yeah brilliant. that would have been great. Like, but we didn't I think, do that. I think... Like, to be fair, if you're calling people from the younger generation from the Klingon homeworld, because you do see it's a lot of young young ones who've joined, mm. it the the young ones from Klingon homeworld would be all up for it because they're, they're raised in warrior tradition. Yeah. But Alexander was kept out of that for all his life. No, exactly. That would have been so much more interesting. And there you go. Yeah, conscription, it makes sense. It's the sort of things the Klingons would have done. Yeah. And it would have made for a much more interesting storyline. Anyway, they didn't do it. So should we talk about the rest of the B-plot then, since that's what's actually... (laughs) Yes. So we get this stuff with Zial and the drawings, and... I do like the bit where you've got Kira saying, oh, it looks like so-and-so, the Bajoran artist, and Decat's, oh, no, it looks like the Cardassian artist, and the idea that you've got these two diametrically opposed cultures, but their art has reflections of each other, I think there's something really, really interesting about like, that. If you look at the di- diversity of different art types that we have, yeah, you could, you could uh, arguably... Uh, if that carries on throughout every planet in the in the galaxy when you get to Star Trek times, mm. you could, in theory, say that about an artist from every planet, that, oh, she has similarities to this artist. Yeah, no, that exactly. Artist. Well, I think it was very economical as well, because not only did it do that whole thing of, like, um, the idea is she's a product of two worlds, so, like, it's, it's a struggle, but also what she gets from that. She gets to bring together these types of arts, which no one else would. But it's also, like, um, there is a, a psychological thing whereby we do try and uh, see patterns and things, and we mm-hmm. try and... Uh, yeah. Basically, we're predisposed to try and the bond with people effect. over similarities. No, no, that's so, something different. Uh, no, you're saying that's no, something I know what you mean. that hasn't. Yeah. But, like, we are predisposed to find patterns and things and try to uh, find common ground with people through similarities. Mm-hmm. So you, and, and that totally reflects the whole theme of Kira. Kira on one hand, I think there is a temptation for her clearly in this episode to want to go towards some sort of reconciliation to, to want to have Zial in her life, obviously. Yeah. But I think there's part yeah. of her who wants to like, despite everything that's happened, there's a way to have a kind of happier world within this chaos, but every time she's reminded that it's war and what Dukat's trying to do. And I think that's just, I, I love the complexity of that. It's yeah. just, it's really good. And I, I love the again, the actor's playing Zial does a great job with this. I love yeah. the way that Kira so finds herself going down the rabbit hole yeah. and getting yeah. involved, involved, sort of like finds the common ground with Dukat. And it takes the time and she sort of suddenly. What am I doing? Yeah. I'm becoming a collaborator. And there is the moment, like, she does smile when she gets the dress, and she's like, whoa. 
Yeah. What's the whole thing of like with um, there's a lot of um, uh, reporters or, and kind of like commentators who say it's like I actively avoid meeting X, Y, and Z um, personalities or politicians mm-hmm. because if I meet them, you humanize them. You realize yeah. that uh, when you're down the pub with them, they're actually a great guy. But that's the same great guy who is uh, bombing, like, you know, if it's Putin, you know, it's like, oh, he's great down the pub. But like, you know, the same guy yeah. who, when he gets back to his desk, is about to bomb the Ukraine back to the Stone Age. Yeah. It's like, it's, you can't humanize mm-hmm. them on this level. And I think that's what she's struggling with here. Again, that's a really cool, complex thing to cover. Uh, it is. You don't see very often TV. Like, and, and again, they nail all the complexities of it. Yeah, and Ducat just being scummy. Like, the, the whole thing with the dress is just a brilliant illustration of who he is, that Kira brings it back and completely rejects it. And without even pausing for a second, he's like, oh, I've got you this dress, Zial. <laughs> but you've also got that. This takes us back to what we were saying last week, though, with Ducat, because Ducat is... His victory over Akira is he has to get off with her. Oh yeah. It it it, it does he could have her killed like that. It mm. could beat her in lots of physical ways, but that it will not be a victory because he knows he's he can't you can't avoid the fact he's physically stronger, but he needs to bend her to his will. Yeah. And this stress thing is part of I want her short looking sexy. Uh, nothing's gonna oh, happen. Yeah. Nothing's gonna happen tonight at this party. But that'll be a little thing on the way that I've, ter- I've and, made and her show up sexy. Yeah. The worst but thing I was for it to wear. Worst thing was he was thinking the same when he gave it to his daughter. That's yeah. not okay. It's it's creepy. No, no. Um. Uh, yeah, I totally agree. And it's also the fact that um, with the uh, I I think it's also they, I think they try to do the same that they're doing with Kira to the audience as well, quite successfully. So because uh, Mark Almeida, is that his surname? Mark Alamo. Alamo. Mark Alamo. Mark Alamo. Because he is such a charming, great actor, you do, when he's in those moments of charm, you almost forget because he's such a a charming personality. So when they do that (laughs) creepy thing with the dress, and not the wanting to sleep with his daughter, I was making that bit up. But um, but the the thing with the dress, it's a reminder to the audience, like this is who you're dealing with. It's like oh, yeah, because you get tricked it, the same way Kira it, does, it, which is he's great. He's playing the game, yeah. And he, and, he, and he like as I say, he knows that if he gets to wear this dress, he's not gonna nothing is gonna happen between them tonight. But it is a little tick in his box that he's made her, he's made her wear what he yeah. wants her to wear. Exactly. Yeah. And we've also got to remember as well that it's like, this is what happens when you're doing 26, however many episodes it was of TV a year. They've broken into the A team and B team, which is very clear from the different plots and how disparatingly Mm -hmm. good and bad they are. And whoever's kind of script supervisor doesn't have time to go, oh no, that shit, let's make the B plot the A plot, let's get rid of the A plot, get in a new B plot, Mm -hmm. because they've got so many hours of TV. Now, if you're dealing with 10 episodes of TV, different crews on different Star Treks, you get time to actually make sure those scripts are in shape. Yeah. So I want to just mention that because, you know, it's very easy for us to say, but we're not managing 26 hours of TV. No, absolutely. They were against it back then. Like, if if you look at it, they're working on... 26 episodes a week, and normally you've got at least an A and a B plot. That's 52 stories have to be written every year. 
Mm-hmm. A, sto- a story fully scripted and worked out and set design, the whole thing. And sometimes you get lucky and you get a wonderful hour of TV like uh, Masks from Next Generation. There you go. Acting uh, porn from uh, Prince Spiner then. Other times it doesn't work out like this, but oh, Masks. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think that'll about do it for that episode unless anyone's got any more. I mean, Um, we could could just crucify it more, but I'd rather talk about the next one. I'm I'm still confused why Martok welcomed Alexander into his house just because he was off to learn how to fight off Worf a little bit. <laughs> yeah, probably just to keep Worf on side. Like, I think it probably was. It, yeah. It was for Worf, I think that was for Worf's benefit opposed to Alexander's. And yeah, it also just, maybe protected him from the crew a bit if he's mm, a member of the House of Marta. Yeah, that's it. They'll have to leave him alone. I don't yeah. know. I mean, again, it doesn't scan for Worf. It doesn't scan for Martok. It, the it whole just... thing is just... Yeah, it's just wait, a nothing storyline and it goes nowhere. Why do they hate the character of Alexander Vashenko so much? They could have made him so much more interesting. There's, there's no. He didn't have to be this shit all throughout every incarnation. That's the thing, him. like, it's... if you're going to bring him back, there was have some something to do. Yeah, you could have just yeah. left him off screen you, and no you one could have had. You could, you could have had a, just a A-plot on this Klingon ship with new Klingon what you, uh, young warriors joining mm-hmm. and a bit of a sort of how they get hazed and all that by the crew is to break in without bringing back a legacy character and doing nothing with them. Well, especially since they did so much with Worf. Like, they, they brought Worf into his own, both in the movies and in Deep Space Nine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, like, you know, so when you've got Alexander, why not do the same with him? Why not find what's cool yeah. about him? Why not but, find reasons why he was so shit before, like, but, and make him better? But it's that, why do you bring back a legacy character to do nothing with them? Yeah, not, it to makes not drive sense. the story. It was bizarre. It, it was bizarre then, and it's bizarre now, and it, made, and it, it didn't work. No, but the half of this daughters <coughs> of sons and daughters is great. Yeah, sons of sons and daughters is crap. Yep. Yep. Agreed. So the next episode then, behind the lines, we we've got back from our little Klingon sojourn, and we can actually get on with the story <laughs> again now, which is good. And the A plot is all on the station. The the people who get the short end of the stick really are Cisco and crew in this one because they, they they barely get a plot. There's there's and, a and little bit, it, yeah. but not much. I, I always thought that beginning scene feels really forced and obviously because they're going to call it back later. Oh, and the end scene, thing, yeah. when Dax has to do it back again, I really feel bad for it because it sounds so by rote, but... It, what else is she going to do? You know, it, she's got to try and sell it. Mm. But it, it sounds so forced when she does it because it's like Cisco. I it, don't know, it's it, it, do you know what it reminded me of when I was re-watching it? Um, Mad Max 3, Beyond Thunderdome. When you've got the kids who are rereading sort of like the emergency <laughs> signals as if it's a prayer. And it's almost like... And you know how they're repeating something and trying to make it sound like the original? Yeah. And all that. And it's sort of like, that's the impression I've got when Dax was doing what Cisco had done. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, agreed. Uh, I mean, it's, um, it's a weird ritual it was a weird, anyway. It was a weird, 
Yeah, like, I can understand though when Cisco does it, and it is a weird r- ritual. Why don't they just recharge it? Yeah, and well, it's just, it's a sign like we've been fighting for this long. Yeah, and we'll it's, I get that. We'll put it in the mess, like like okay. It's just an odd one. I don't. I get what they were going for, but and what, what do you actually get out of putting Cisco on the station because he's back on the ships the next episode, isn't he? Like, yeah, kind of but that, that's like, because yeah, they but that's have to he launch plan. the attack. Yeah, no, no, that's because he did his. Hold on, lads, I've got a plan. But what I'm saying is, if you're going to do that, swap these two episodes around so at least he's had two episodes. Like, there's a span of time where he's on the state, you know, that the, why they've made this change. Like, plot-wise, it doesn't move anything along particularly. No, it doesn't. It's just to give him something to do this week. I, I really yeah. feel like that's it, yeah. And it's, it's weird because this episode is kind of the converse. The A plot's really strong, the B plot's nothing. Yeah. I mean, it's better than the A plot of the last episode because it's got Cisco in it, but um, the, the it's big, still rubbish. The B yeah. plot, the and it hasn't got plot, Alex in it. Yeah, but the B plot in this one, it moves the story forward a bit. Does it? It does. A, it does a bit. How? Because uh, Cisco has a plan. That's true. Oh, okay. Oh, if we're going to get that paper thin straw. Hey, <laughs> anybody, who, anybody, anybody who does Michael Caine at the end of an episode and goes, I got lads, I've got an idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, Ferdy's. <laughs> no, yeah, not a lot. But yeah, so the main plot then, we've got back on the station and we've got the resistance finally starting to do something and i do enjoy that scene where <clears throat> they're sort of stood on the balcony in quarks and commenting on brilliant. what demar's <laughs> doing and it's always oh, coming up here and he's got this pad and oh they're a bit annoyed it's not what they were expecting uh, it's just really good it's, it's coming for his drink now this is quite an important line he's coming for his drink at the end of his shift and it's establishing that demar likes to drink yes fine and, and this comes back later when you have, just before he becomes the hero of Cadassia. You're right, yeah. You have, um, why you sort of notices there's a difference in you, you're not drunk. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> you're and drinking. you do see him getting drunk when, uh, Demo- when um, yeah. uh, Descartes dies. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah that's but this really is, good. Yeah, but this is like the first time that it's sort of established yeah, that the yeah. man likes. Yeah, yeah we're we both agree. Yeah, excellent. You're right. I've not picked it. up on it, but that's really good. Long yeah. term, just sowing the seeds of it yeah. all. Yeah. I, I feel really, really bad for Jake, though. Just like he's trying his best. He's just getting shat on by everyone. It's like, will he, you give me an interview? Uh, the You know, uh, Vorton, no. <laughs> will you give me an interview? Uh, like, uh, Kira, no. Can I join the resistance? Still, no. It's like he's just there to be shat on. For yeah, he doesn't get it's very crazy. far, it, does he? It, it, it made a very bad decision staying on the stage. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, again, I, I mean, in all fairness, I think we let it slip by because there's more wonderful things and more egregiously bad things. But he really gets the bombs rush in the same way Alex does. He's there basically to just fill t- like just to give him something yeah. to do. He's it, it, a scr- scr- screen filler. He would have been so much more interesting if you'd left him on the Defiant and he was like uh, acting as a nurse, which he does in other episodes. Yeah. And he's trying to report on things. He could have even, like, you can't, could have some bits of narration as opposed to the Captain's log. You have his 
like thingies for it, right? Like yeah. So and that would have given him something nice to do. They do try and give him a little bit of something where they've got him going, well, I'm a writer, I've got contacts. And it's like, no, nah, you aren't really, Jake. Quite yeah, but really. You, you, don't, <laughs> you don't know what yeah, we do. I, I mean, I, I, they essentially, because they did Sons and Daughters, didn't have time to cover this, I think, in the six episodes. But you could have... It could have been really interesting, like in the same way that yeah, Kira. Because Sons and Daughters had so much going on in it. Well, exactly. <laughs> but because Kira, um, like the same way in, Ki- in which Kira has that kind of crisis of conscience of like, what am I willing to do to keep alive and keep people alive versus actually fight the good fight? You could have the same thing of him, like where they have earlier on him, his story being rejected. How much will he water down the story to get it passed? That would have been good, yeah. And you could have not done the son's part of Sons and Daughters and said he could have been the son instead. That would have been better. That would have been a lot better, yeah. Um, but alas, anyway. Yeah. Um, and then you get the first sort of bit of this tension between Kira and Odo that Odo's like, well, I didn't want to do that plan. And Kira's, yeah, but we all decided it was a good idea. And it, yeah. it's the first bit of this. Odo's a little bit resentful of Kira. Well, he was like last episode well, was Yeah. Yeah, he's just pissy. It's pissy Odo throughout this. I mean, I'm sorry, but like, and how he's, well, li- well okay, the, the changing thing I get, but he was already being a little well, bit of a bitch. Well, I I think, like, even before I get to the changeling thing, this episode and last episode, He's trying to act like he's still the constable mm. and just keep peace on the station. And he's not interested in the grant in what's actually going on in the galaxy. All he's actually focused on is keeping peace in on that station. I, think I would also right. throw in, I, I wonder if the um very subtle um sub suggestion, like you know, the um subconscious suggestion in this is that he's also maybe because it is his people he comes from maybe there's a bit of in in a turmoil which well, like it's not mentioned but i i, I think that's well, in there well somewhere. we we have had that haven't we when uh garrick tortured him he said i want to go home yeah well exactly and throughout this he ends up joining the link and even before that he's wavering before he's linked with them. So I think that wavering is him maybe fighting that inner turmoil. Like these are his people, much like with Zia, like they're all I've got. Like these are the people I come from. You're my family now, but they're where I come from. They're the answers I've been looking for all my life. Yeah. Yeah. And that does, like you say, come into focus when the female shapeshifter turns up. And a bit like with... Decat forgiving Zial for everything she did wrong. The changeling's like, don't worry, Odo, we've forgiven you now. You can you yeah. can come back. Yeah, and he goes, You've forgiven me? <laughs> I do like that. Um Yeah, I, I think I do love like and, and obviously Rene Ubjomois, uh wonderful acting job as always. The turmoil which he shows in this. And I think, yeah, like you're right in comparing it to Zial, because I think it's him trying he wants to believe, like, you know, in the next episode when he does the turn back like he wants to believe so much that they're about more than they are yeah. and then when they show they're not that's what breaks him um so it's kind of yeah it's it's really really well acted i love that the levels of conflict you've got in any scene during the war is yeah. just incredible and there's a good scene with Decat and Wayun where they're both trying to impress the founder and they, <laughs> they do sort of have an aside commenting on it, don't they, where it's like, they always like this, like, yeah, they're actually worse than this most I of do the time. Like, I do like how Wayun's really found, 
really falling and all that and uh, the world's going well yes but only because uh, I'm following your direction founder. Yeah. and then you've got uh, Ducat saying that uh, I'm leading this war really well and because of my leadership and then why who's turns the founder I assure you I'm involved in every military decision yeah, yeah. <laughs> But it's so interesting the way they do it as well, because Wayne's always trying to kiss up to the founders, whereas yeah. like Cuts always trying to prove that Big he's himself up. It's it's almost it's almost that he, I think he's learned that he's not gonna get away with saying he's an equal, but he's like pretty much, you know, it's like yeah. if they can get if he can get their attention, they will realise he's actually an equal. Yeah, yeah. in in Ducat's head the dominion have just been a means to an end and he's gonna make Cardassia great again or strong again as he puts it sorry and it at some point the penny's gonna drop there it's like no there's absolutely no chance of that the cat like the, these guys yeah. own you completely uh, the one thing i'm really annoyed is that we never got the cat in the mexa hat <laughs> yeah yeah that big what hat <laughs> MCSA, make Kadashia strong again. Oh, yeah, sorry. Good, good. <laughs> the next hat. That would be really good. And Quark would be selling them on the promenade. Yeah, yeah yes. That would be really good. We should have that. And then he'd, be, he'd, be where he'd have other ones which are make beige or grey again, like just ready to I'd have all them. of them, yeah. We should have them made for a convention. We'll have make Kadassia strong again hats. <laughs> Right, that's happening. Yeah, we'll get on. We'll yeah. get on Redbubble. We'll have that done. Um, you'll we'll be. Still on... need to get the badges done, but that's nothing. Yeah, we we need to get on our merchandise in a bit better. We've, but... we've got we've got a while till next weekend. Yeah, the hats are on the way. We'll do it. anyone. I have wants... actually got. A, I've been trying to work out a new design for a new shirt because that's an old one. Is that that's an old one? Started. I've got a newer one, but um, yeah. anyway. So yeah, that was sort of a, a fly on. Oh, you've got a new one, have you? I've got a new one. Yeah, Elliot got me it for my birthday a couple of years ago. Yeah, I made a one off. It's a one off. Oh, that's fair enough. One it was off. a birthday present. Yeah, anyway. We should do the, uh, the, the logo with all the captains. That would be good. Yeah, we could do that. But no, we, we'll have make Cardassia strong again hats. And if you if you want one, let us know in the comments and we'll see if we can sort it out. Um. Yes, so... The founder and Odo then have a bit of a chat. And Odo's bitching about his feelings for Kira. Um, which is a good callback because obviously the female changeling knows all about this from that one where she pretended to be Kira stuck in a rock. Yeah. Which wasn't the greatest episode, but at least it's it's paying off now. But, Although, after Sons and Daughters, it seems so good. It does. But, but the female changeling's really clever and manip manipulative here. Absolutely, You can yeah. see, though, I think she's manipulating Odo all the way and she's really understanding that he has feelings, is that? And she's there. Of course you have feelings. She's your friend. You've always she's been there for you. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. Uh, yeah. You, you love her. Yeah, of course you do. Why wouldn't you? And but she's you... really and it's really manipulative everything she's saying. It is, and it's all because she's going along. <laughs> it's all to get him to to link with her, and there's almost I feel like there's almost a... Uh, an addiction metaphor to all of this it's like if i can just get him to have a little sip of the link then that'll be it he'll, he'll have but, to have more but she, but she does admit that she needs the link she's come there because she's missing True. the link she needs it 
Yeah, and I think also there's this sort of, I think in her head she's not lying to him either, like, or not manipulating. So, because she's saying it's like, uh, oh, no, of course she's your friend. In her head, what she says, like, to finish the sentence is like, because he doesn't know any better. Yes. He doesn't know that they're just have we, have we gone past the episode yet where we have the changeling that's been off further away? No, that's, that's nearly at the end, actually. That's season seven. Right. Yeah. I can't remember where it fell. But you're having that one the first time he links with Odo. And that all he wants to do after that is link link. Yeah. link. So this addiction thing makes a lot of sense. It's like, it's Yeah, it does. It's, and yeah. she's she's playing to that because she knows that that's something that they can give to Odo that literally no one else can. And it's yeah. a way to assert a little bit of power over him. Um, and Odo does sort of fall for it. Like, when he talks to Kira, he says, oh, no, she's trying to help me, and Kira's having like, none of it. I want your opinion on this, because we have this weather link for the first time, him in the changeling in mm. the quarters, and then there's stuff that Kira has to come talk to Odo about. And he talks to her, and, he, and, he, and he, when he's talking to her, and Kira goes, where is she? Oh, she's not here anymore. And it really, and I'm so, and it sort of made me think because later on when Kira goes in, and then after the conversation, the changeling's there because she's been an object in the room. Right. And I wondered if when he says here that oh she's not here anymore, he's got into that feeling that when she's a different object, it's not her. Right. So you think she might have been there? She might have been mm. there hearing the whole thing all along. I like it. Yeah. I, and I think once Odo's linked, you can't trust a blind word he says. He could yeah. be just out and out yeah. lying on purpose. Yeah. It's like she doesn't well, want to know that she's here because I think when he yeah. gets a link, he maybe gets a bit of feelings transference because he's yeah. not but skilled he enough in the link to be as dominant but, as them. But he also gets that where he doesn't think of her as being there when she's something else. Yeah, that's interesting. I like it, yeah. Um yeah. Then there's Kira has a really interesting line where she says, "Well, after the war's over, you can rejoin the Great Link, and I won't stop you." Which, spoilers, is exactly what happens in the yeah. series finale. So I thought that was. Uh, I wonder if they have that in the minds at this point. Anyway, that that that's where Odo's story's finished. I honestly think at this point in this se this series that. Individual episode storylines obviously weren't written, mm. but there was an overarching story. Yeah, the main story arc was right. We have we have to go till season seven, and I think from season five, maybe season four <coughs> onwards, a lot of it there was certain pinpoints that at some point we are off to hit these yeah. points and these things are going to happen, and where we're going to put in. The little seeds of it because I this think is, you're right because there's far too many coincidences well, the, that yeah. crop up. That when you look, when you've watched all this, we've watched it lots of times because we love <laughs> DS9. You and can the war, see, you, can, you notice where the first seed was mm. to where its payoff was. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, season, it, two seasons later. It's like the uh, the uh, line Descartes says uh, just before they leave the station. Uh, he goes like, oh, Cisco, if you love the prophets so much, why don't you just go and live in the wormhole with them? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, you didn't think yeah. about it at the time, but, you know. 
Yeah. No, it's really good stuff. Um, just a bit to pick out of the B plot. It's around this time in the episode where they've got this whole thing about, oh, well, you need to call Dax captain because whoever's in charge is rightly addressed as captain. And this applies to this episode and this episode only. And <laughs> yeah. we, th- this never um, comes back, really. No, I, th- I guess it explains before. other episodes where you've got other people in charge and they call them captain. It's like, we've got a minute in this. Let's explain that away. Yeah, they do it in, o- they do it in other know. shows more than oh, this. But like, they go- never call Wolf captain and he's always captain I- in the defense. Oh, I just, they don't do it, I've just really. remembered something and I want to go back to it from the last episode right oh, at no. the start. Oh, God. Oh, Brian is bitching to Julian again about rations. It is. You're right. I, I, it annoys the it hell out of me. It just jumped into my head when we when we're thinking traditions and all that. Because mm-hmm. oh, Brian explains the tradition thing. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, it's like the other one and which bugs me. Along as, it is oh, established, oh, Brian likes rations. He loves them. It's the same as like when they've got an episode where he goes like uh, self-stealing symbols, like, oh, you know what they are? No, I just read it on the manifest. And then every other time when he's talking about stacking, he goes like, oh, they don't know they're a spanner from a self-stealing yeah. symbol. Yeah. You the... just found out what they are, you dick. Maybe he's just really happy that he now knows what they are. I was going to say, he's like, gonna there is at least an explanation. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's one of them people who he reads something. And then he, he deliberately drops it in the conversation, um, you know, whenever he can to try and look impressive. Which... I have got a throw in here, though, because we're talking about O'Brien. I do love, like, this is one of the things I love the most about, like, uh, the levelled up version of Nog, the same way we talk a lot about the levelled up Bashir. I love him in the later series when he's got more to do when he's an engineer and everything. And it's like when he kind of parries off O'Brien and they kind of got like that um, mental mentee relationship. It's yeah, so much yeah. fun. Like, and he's got such a sense of humor about himself, which he didn't when he was younger, which makes sense because a lot of people, when they find their focus, they aren't so defensive because, you know, they, they feel like they've got to cover, cover something up. It's just so nice. And it's like, it, I even enjoy the earlier episodes with him more because I know what he's going to become, and I know this is the, him feeling lost and not getting on with school, and you know, it, the, something a lot of us can the, empathize there's with. Another nice knob thing I think they do in this episode, and it it crops up twice, but right at the beginning when they're doing the phaser ritual, and knob walks in with sick sorry and brandy, mm. and he goes, yes. "Don't ask where this. I got it. I might be a cadet." But I'm still a Ferengi. <laughs> exactly. They use like, and I mentioned this before. They use his Ferenginess well. Like they, yeah. they get it as a little bit of seasoning to his character, but it's not like the problem is with Ferengi characters. They can sometimes just use it as a default setting of like standard Ferengi. Yeah. Which like yeah. you know Quark was a lot better than that from day one. But like let's face it, Nog and Rom were basically just goofy Ferengi characters, uh, uh, and they were given so much more. In the first episode or two, they were standard Ferengi, but they got developed, and they got developed really well. Well, they did yeah. eventually, but even like Rom, I didn't for the first few series. I hate, I, I still do hate the fact that he does, does a goofy voice. Like the first few episodes, he's just doing a standard voice, and he, then he the, suddenly goes to, "Oh, I'm a dumb guy." The pilot like, episode, just, Rom's it's voice so is completely different, but. No, I was ju- exactly. just um, on a couple of things. I mean, when Rom turn, uh, Nog turns up with the Saurian brandy, it reminds me of um, 
Henry the Fourth, first part, Act Four, Scene Three, when someone says they come with gracious <laughs> offers from the king. And also, like I said, I really hate it when people just read something and drop it into conversation. But Jim, why, why did you read that out? I think we all knew where you were going with that. I mean, it's, it just it just popped into my head, and I thought, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. but yeah, the. <laughs> Honestly, go back to episode one, Emissary, for Rom's voice. It's so weird. Um, That's my point. Yeah, I, I, I annoyed the hell out of me. Yeah, it's, like, it's really oh, He's odd. a dumb character, so let's do goofy voice. It's, yeah. it's just, it's it's a patronising character, and where he becomes more interesting as he goes along. Even then, when you've got that voice, I'm like, that's really distracting because you're showing True. that he's evolved more, but now you're stuck with that voice. Good Ferengi stuff, though. I love Quark getting Demar drunk, and then when he turns up to tell the Resistance what's going on. And this pays off even more next week with Quark. Up until this point, he's been like, I just want to run my bar, I don't care. But this is where he admits, like, no, I miss the Federation, and... He gets himself drunk enough that he's like, right, I'm going to be an informant for the Resistance now. Yeah. And it's not totally out of character because we know that he used to help the Bajorans when the the previous yeah. occupation. But it's, yeah. it's this a is really like, nice this is a well es- it's, it's a really well-established character trait of Quark's well, that we don't see often. Mm. And it's, and it, but I, I think that's why he's so, such an interesting, well-written character because like, even when he is going too far and he's trying to... It's almost like he's trying to prove himself that he cares about profit more than anything else. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the episode where he's selling guns or the episode where he uh, yeah. does a million one other like evil things. But it's to try and convince himself. And the second that the Federation like and the people in the station look disappointed in him, he's like, fuck, I am. I do like them. Damn it. I do. Okay, yeah, I love the I love the Federation. Damn you bastards. Like, he's annoyed with himself because he knows at his heart he's not. That, that makes him so much more interesting. He is. He's a great character, is Clark. Yeah. <clears throat> and then all of this culminates, though, in that Odo doesn't do his part of the plan because he's linked with yeah. the founder at the time. And I remember the first time I watched it, I was, like, really shocked by this. It was... Yeah. It's a really well-done twist that Odo gets suckered in that far. Well, wait, the whole thing is that... Like, the, the, the news that Quark comes out of is... The Ma has worked out how to bring down the minefield. Yeah. And, and it's Odo that says, I can do this mm. at this time and you will be able to stop it happening that's it yeah and you've even got like i i i think it's um really interesting as well when they like i know it's going to next week's episodes but i find it really interesting that the solution when he kind of like turns around they don't have a huge scene or a huge moment for it basically he just does the right thing and they they realize that it's such a tight next couple of episodes mm. they don't want to like over labor it by giving him a scene where he talks about it they just do it like they trust the audience by just doing it by example and yeah, then yeah. later on you deal with the fallout in a future episode where he goes into a closet with kira and they don't get nine minutes in heaven before anyone gets excited mm. yeah I, I think that was just super smart and super trusting of the audience and you kind of see it here it's like basically yeah. he just turns without a big moment it's just oh, yeah, I just realised it's not my problem anymore. And it's so cold for it because yeah. they don't 
lead into it as you usually would. They just let it happen. It's like it's so much more yeah, it's creepy busy, for it. It's busy. Let's be honest. Instead of uh, turning off the alarms or the sensors for five minutes, which he says he can, he's shagging the female shapeshifter. Basically, yeah. Oh, yeah. He is. He is. And he gets to have Kira later too. I mean, really, he's just, um, he's, he's having it every way. He's a player, he's so <laughs> uh, Don't blame me if you're upset with that. Like, it, I, I didn't write it, but anyone watching or listening. No, nor did we write um, Sons and Daughters either. Oh, hell no. <laughs> like, not even 10-year-old ten, ten me didn't write it. And, you know, he, he could have probably <laughs> put together a good episode of Star Trek, but he would have done better than that. But, yeah, I feel like... The way this episode leaves it, it's done all the groundwork it needed to do to set up what is essentially a finale to this arc. And it's it's done interesting things with the characters. It's got everyone where they needs to be. And it's heightened the tension and everything. Yeah. The B-plot's Rom- the B-plot. Nah. Rom's arrested. The Mars uh, been shown to be a drunk. But he's worked out how to bring the... Minefield nice. down. Quark's missing the Federation, and he's now going to help the resistance. Yeah, a and bit, uh, Alexander died in action. Oh, sh- that, sorry, that, no, that, that, that was my bad. dreams. That, that was my dreams last night. Sorry, Dax has completed the mission. Yeah, true. That we don't see, but she has completed the mission, and she's destroyed the big central ray that can is being the Dominion's advantage. Why the Dominion have always turned up wherever they're right. going. Yeah, the time is ready for a, a strike now on yeah. the Federation side. Like, like, when you think about this, this is a major military event that's happened mm-hmm. and we don't see a thing of it on screen because these are budget-saving episodes. Yes, true. <laughs> yeah. But we're gonna next week when we cover the next two episodes, we're gonna see it on screen. So I'm looking forward to talking about that one. Has anyone got anything else on these two then before we wrap it up? Um No, we've covered the plan, we've covered Nog, we've covered Sorry and Brandy. Yeah, I think we're good. Cool. So if- I, that's the point. There's one thing and this com- I'm watching it back and it confused me just at the end when we're back on the star base, which is actually a really crap model that they built. <laughs> oh, I, I was going to say, I, I was actually, you remind me, I quite like the star base shots. I thought it was but, really cool. But there's a point where Bashir goes over to Dax and what's he talking about? When he, he's sort of like, so and so, when she got injured on com and I took over, will he mention it? Yeah, I don't remember that. No, I don't remember. Oh, that. I heard it wrong, but it just seemed really. Yeah, because it... we're seeing, like, because at the start of this little arc, we saw that machine was in charge of everything. It really yeah, it's true, it was, yeah. <laughs> No, I was uh, just very quickly, sorry, just because you brought it up. I, I really liked the space. It wasn't just me who liked that station. I thought it was classic. I just thought uh, it looked a bit. I thought it I, was the one from the motion picture. It looked, but no. it was really clear. And like the detail you got on it, I thought was really nice. Like it, I know we talk about this a lot, but it was like the anti discovery. It was just yeah. really detailed, really clear shots of it. It looked, 
it was certainly modelled on the ones from the movies. Like yeah. back then, they used to like this is looking something. I just thought it looked. I just thought it, it looked like it had some very square pieces compared to what we were used to from Federation star bases. I just thought it was really nice to have some really nice up closes. On, you yeah. don't you don't often get up close on the space yeah. station, which this That's really true. went in on it. I didn't mind it, but we'll we'll have a good look at it next week. Um, so if you want to get in touch with us, we're at RetrekPod on, G- on Twitter, RetrekPod at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on YouTube. Elliot, what's going on with Retrek Model Studios at the moment um, on YouTube? We're still on the Frankish shuttle. I've got oh. a video ready to release. I didn't get anything done last weekend because it was bank all the weekend and I went out and did stuff instead. That's fair. <laughs> Um, Dr. Squee, what have we got on the Dr. Squee show? Actually, I need to update this banner because it's now, due to the fact that I'm working, it's just going to be 7 to 8 from now on on sw20radio.co.uk. Also on drsquee.com if you want to watch the video episodes. Uh, it's actually exclusive just for, for here. Uh, on a Saturday morning, uh, time to be confirmed, I'm going to be interviewing comedian Ian Smith who does the podcast, uh, hilarious podcast, uh, Northern News, um, and he's a great stand-up. Excellent. And that'll be on the radio show, 7 to 8. So basically, if you do listen to the radio show, it'll be, most weeks will just be pure chat, no uh, music, but if I get a short interview, I'll chuck in a couple of tunes. But it's just, it's going to mean I can just basically use the audio from the uh, video and just whack it up. I won't have enough time to edit and stuff like that. Uh, One last thing, MCSA hats, if anybody is interested, drop us a message on the retrip page, and we're gonna look at putting them together for Hill Street. And That's if gonna be our thing. I think we should have them instead of being red. We should probably have them yellow to match the. I, I was class. thinking black and yellow. Yeah, to yeah match yeah, the ships and things. We'll work oh, on it. We'll get it. We'll get yellow it with out. red writing. So yeah. it's kind of suggestive of well, uh, and yeah, well what we could do is we can get a proof together and put it up so that people We can will we'll we'll get it worked out. We'll get it worked out. Yeah. Um yeah, so, let's do some uh, So thanks for trekking with us this time and we'll see you next time on the retrek. Thank you. Goodbye.